27-13 Rams. Cousins passes to the end zone. Happy New Year's Eve and welcome to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network alongside Tatum Everett from Vikings.com. And we hope everyone has had a great holiday season thus far. We were one more sleep away from being 2022. Crazy. Depends on how you spend your night. Yeah, Um, that's true. (laughs) And two more sleeps from being away from border battle number 123. We got primetime Sunday night football. Vikings versus Packers. And it's a snowy Lambeau field. I mean, this is honestly, Gabe, feels like a bucket list item is going to Lambeau in the cold and watching a Vikings Packers game. Dalvin Cook said it the best earlier this week. This is what he's dreamed about since he was a kid playing at Lambeau Field. This is how we all envision Lambeau Field. When I think about all those NFL films, when they recall the black and white videos of snowy Mm -hmm. Lambeau Field and and the guys, it's an iconic image that's that's been, you know, seared into my brain. You can listen to that game right here. On the Vikings Radio Network, KFAN 100.3 at 7.25 Central Time with Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, Pete Bursich, Ben Lieber, and Greg Coleman. Speaking of Greg Coleman, though, he joins us later in the show tonight to preview Sunday's matchup. Tatum, happy New Year's Eve. Happy border battle number two. No game is bigger than this game coming right up after what happened with the Rams. It's a must-win time, and you got to win these two. It's no longer any wiggle room. You need this because the Eagles are at your heels. Washington football team's right there, right in it. Saints did you a favor, but, I mean, you're not going to do yourself any favors if you drop this one. If we beat the Packers on Sunday, and let's say the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Washington football team, which I don't think they will, Dallas are playing their starters next week. And Dallas, who plays Philly in Week 18, they're going to try to win that game to get the first overall seed in the NFC. So th- there, there is an opportunity to somewhat control your own destiny if you win this game. Granted, we still got to beat the Bears too, but none of that matters if you don't win Sunday night football on NBC. But you know we always start this show with the Pepsi, that's what I like segment. And before we do that, I got a, I got a couple of stats I want to read off to you. All right. Minnesota has won two straight games versus the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. If they win again on Sunday, it will be the first time since 2009 that the Vikings have won three straight games versus the Packers. And the first time since 1993 when Jim McMahon, the former quarterback for the Bears, he was the quarterback for the Vikings that year. And they won two straight regular season games at Lambeau. What do you like about this matchup that can make that feat possible? What I like about this matchup is that there is so much on the line for this team to play for. And the sense of urgency is in the locker room. I sat down with Patrick Peterson this week and he spoke about how that is at an all time high. And as a veteran, he takes that responsibility on himself and is very clear in his communication. There can be no mistakes. You can't have any whoops moments out there anymore. And it's all about creating those really good habits at practice and helping them translate easily onto the field. Um, We've seen the defense have a couple of lapses and they allow big chunk plays. I mean, it happened in the last time you played the Packers um, right there in the fourth quarter. You let them get right back into it. And so uh, to me, that's that's where it is. This this team cannot beat themselves this week coming out with a sense of urgency with, you know, maybe it is their own manufactured juice. But I think almost like I know that was a conversation point. 
yeah. this week about the energy in U.S. Bank Stadium. I don't think you're going to have to manufacture any energy at Lambeau Field on Sunday night. I think that that's going to be something that's there even for the road team. Yeah, the Vikings, they, they've played better on the road this season. And that's true. They know the fans are not going to be cheering for them. They understand that it's, it's not going to be a game where they're supposed to win. So you bring some. It's it's a little bit more extra added juice when you go on the road. So like you said, going to Lambeau uh, with Patrick Peterson, a guy who's a veteran in this league, I, I think that is a key to success for this for this team. I mean, if the defense contains Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure what that looks like, but if they can <laughs> if they contain him, um, I think our offense can can do a really good job of sustaining mm-hmm. drives. And in my opinion, sometimes I think. Being on offense is the best defense. 1,000% you took the words right out of my mouth. And the more you're on offense, the better your chances are for not letting Aaron Rodgers make a big play. You force him to play catch-up, and then in Mm -hmm. that case, you control the time of possession, which ultimately has proved that the Vikings can win the game if they do that. Like you said, you got to go down there and score points in those same drives, but still, uh, I just feel like this is a game where you got to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field as much as possible, and which is why I like Dalvin Cook versus Green Bay. Um, He's averaging over 150 rushing yards uh, at Lambeau in the last two matchups, and this is a Packers team that's, that gave up 200-plus yards on the ground at home versus the Cleveland Browns and Nick Chubb last week. So I, I do think the Green Bay Packers linebackers are really good. However, they don't run well laterally. And the Cleveland Browns, when they ran the ball effectively last week, it was getting the ball out in the perimeter, getting it outside of the tackles and making their linebackers run sideline to sideline. And I don't think Nick Chubb is faster than Dalvin Cook. So if you get Dalvin Cook – on the corners, I, I do think that is a key to success for this team. Well, you said that Dalvin Cook said this week he's not worried about weather. And I think we know he's not worried about the cold after, you know, right. his performances at Lambeau Field. And um, I'm with you, you know, the if this team can sustain drives, which will be key this week after a really bad performance, 2 of 12 last week on third down. This is a Green Bay defense that ranks 29th in the league in third down efficiency. So mm. you look at that and um, you know their defense has tailed off the past yeah. couple of weeks. It's something that this offense needs to take advantage of. And um, a shout out to Paul Charchian, who's yeah. a regular contributor to KFAN. Um, I f- saw him tweet out this stat yesterday that I thought was very enlightening. So in the average NFL passing game over the last eight years in single-digit weather or colder, 16 completions, 160 yards, 0.3 touchdowns. So if you give him a heavy dose of Dalvin Cook, you might just see yourselves as yeah. the winners by the end of the night. Yeah, I really do think that is a a key stat going into this game. I'm interested to see how many passes, how many completions of those are downfield versus like check downs or a quick game because Dalvin is a, good, a really good receiving back. And if you get the ball in his hands early, that, that does count for a few completions, which ultimately ends up in yards. But whoever has won third down conversion rate the past 11 times have won the last 10 games in this series. So Yeah, it's funny. It's like turnover margin hasn't really helped. Time nope. of possession hasn't really been the nope. factor. It's It has literally been third down conversions. Win the third down, you win the game. Mike Zimmer knows a lot about this rivalry. He is 7-7-1 seven, seven and one against the Green Bay Packers since he's been head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. And he talked to the media earlier this week previewing this game. Obviously, they have some terrific players over there on their on their defense, um, getting some guys back, it looks like. And offensively, as we know, Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers are outstanding players. Um, we got some good players, too, and uh, we're going to go play. 
questions? Yeah, Coach, I'm hoping you could take us through this morning regarding Kirk Cousins. Uh, apparently, I guess he had some symptoms and self-reported. And just your thoughts on the situation and how do you feel about losing your starting quarterback before such a huge game? Well, I don't think it was uh, accurate what you said. He gets tested every day. I don't know that he had symptoms. He got tested uh, this morning and uh, just like everybody else that's gotten COVID this year, I get a text saying uh, they're positive and they get to uh, retest and make confirm it or not confirm it. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we hate to see that happen to Kirk, but he's done a lot of great things for us. And, and uh, Sean is a, is a really good football player and we're expecting him to go out and play really well. Mike, just wanted to confirm on that note, even though he hasn't practiced, uh, will, will Sean start on Sunday? Sean will start on Sunday. Was this something that you were were bracing for at all, just knowing how many players had gone out and how long he'd been able to avoid, um, you know, the virus until now? You know, every every day is different. You know, somebody somebody's getting it. Um, you know, you're always hopeful that none of your players get it, but um, that hasn't been the case throughout this season. Yeah, Mike, I was wondering if, uh, you know, back in the preseason when you were really trying to get this team to, to get vaccinated, if, was this like the kind of scenario that you were throwing out to them? Like, hey, if we're in the play, if we're in the playoff hunt, you know, this could happen. Mark, we knew that probably that uh, you know the way the way it was going. Obviously, with the Omicron now, it's it's way different than than it was at the beginning of the season. But um, you know, we I was more concerned about the players' health more so than you know losing football games or not having a player for the for that you know i didn't i didn't really want their families or or them to get sick and get really sick so um you know but things it's changed you know everybody i mean there's so many people that are getting it now um you know just part of life hey mike uh, i guess i was just wondering if there was any uh consideration given to kellen because sean was wasn't able to get back until today and and uh, what gives you the confidence in Sean to turn to him, uh, even with his short week? Uh, no, there really wasn't. We knew Sean was coming back, and uh, Sean is extremely bright. He studies like crazy. Um, he's a great competitor. Um, you know, so he's he's put in his time. He's earned this opportunity, and uh, I think he'll do great. Have you had a chance, Coach, to talk to um, Kirk at all? You know, to gauge how he feels and missing such a big game and that sort of thing? I've texted with him, but uh, I have not really, we haven't really talked about any of that. Yeah, Mike, with Sean starting, does anything have to change with your game plan or do you plan to execute things pretty much the way they would be if Kirk was out there? Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, you know, obviously uh, their game plan will change, so we may have to make some adjustments. But, um, you know, Sean, Sean knows the game plan cold. Uh, you know, like I said, he's an extremely brilliant person. Um, he puts in the work every single week like he's going to be the starter, and um, he is this week. Kellen will be the backup? Yeah. Like just to, just to clarify on Kirk, on Kirk, is he having any symptoms and feeling okay? I don't know that. I haven't, I haven't asked him if he's got any symptoms, and I wasn't told that he had any. Mike, do you feel like you have to do anything or say anything to kind of keep spirits up without your starting quarterback, or is it just kind of business as usual? I talk to the team all the time. Uh, you know, I talked to him a couple times this morning. Um, you know, we'll talk to him again tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I think, I think they're going to rally behind uh, Sean. Uh, you know, they want to, they, they know how uh, important this game is, and um, you know, they, they, they believe in Sean.
All right, make sure you head on over to Vikings.com for the full injury report this week. We got to pay some bills. Hey, Vikings fans, this football season, make Pepsi your go-to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. Hey, Vikings fans, right now you can pick up a commemorative Vikings cup at your local Hy-Vee. Fill it with an ice cold Pepsi and you'll be ready for football watching. We are back. This is Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson. Tatum Everett from Vikings.com is here also. And now joining us on the show is a guy who's been a part of the Vikings organization for 44 years. In 1977, he became the first ever regular black punter in NFL history and, and eventually ended up punting for the Vikings for 10 years. You hear him right here every Sunday on the Vikings radio network as a sideline reporter, most notably known for the impeccable pregame preach, my guy Greg Coleman. How you doing, GC? I'm doing well, guys. It's always good to be with you. We we got to congratulate you for, first and foremost, being inducted to the Black College Football Hall of Fame. For the first time ever, uh, historically, black colleges and universities will have a, an award named after you for the top punter named the Greg Coleman Golden Touch Award. That's got to be humbling, right? You know, as I go back and look, the special teams player of the year down at Florida A&M is also named the Greg Coleman Wow special teams player of the year. And I wasn't made aware of that until recently. Fortunately, hopefully we'll make it up to Tallahassee for that banquet on the 21st of January to actually present the award uh, to that young man. So that's going to be a special time as well. But this piece with the HBCU, it's something that I said that I would do with this platform of the Black College Football Hall of Fame. You know, I'm, I'm, when God allows you to be recognized in a particular area. It's not just for you. It's to shine a light on somebody else to lead them down a path. And I want to shine a light on the path so guys don't have to stumble like I did. We're also providing a grant uh, to a uh, punter or kicker who wants to take their craft to the next level so they don't have to struggle like I did, you know, from year to year and other punters of color uh, to make it to the National Football League. So, uh, that's also something that's very, very special and very dear uh, to our hearts. What does it mean to have your name on an award that will forever be in your legacy? What does that mean to you and your family? As time winds down, you pump the brakes and you get an opportunity to look back at that journey. Number one, it is humbling. Number two, you would have to say that God's favor has been on me all of my life. Uh, has everything been rosy? Am I a perfect person? Absolutely not. But I've learned how to grind. I've learned how to never quit. And in this next phase of, 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 of life in my professional speaking business, those are some, some of the things that I'm going to talk about, you know, uh, you know, leadership principles and overcoming adversity and, and so many other things that we can leave so young people and people, period, don't have to hit the potholes that we went through. There's some lessons learned uh, that we're able to share. And those are the kind of things that we want to leave as part of a legacy. I feel like you've you've left a legacy in the community. Uh, I think you've left a legacy in this Vikings-Packers rivalry also. You've played in this this rivalry 19 different times in your career. And I think before we talk about the current matchup, what's one of your fondest memories of of playing in this Vikings-Packers rivalry? Well, believe it or not, after I was released from Cleveland in 77, in 78, the first game that I played with the Minnesota Vikings was against the Green Bay Packers at Old Met Stadium, wow. October 22nd, 1978, my first game, and uh, had, a, had a fairly decent game. But uh, here's the w- one highlight that I remember. 
the last punt, but says, hey, do whatever you do, but don't get it blocked. Well, <laughs> hell, he hadn't said anything to me the whole game. Why do you tell a punter, don't get it blocked? Uh, we were in our own territory. I think it was fourth and 11. I get the snap. I immediately look up, not wanting to get it blocked. And I think Fred McNeil was my right tackle on that punt team. I think he uh, fanned and whipped on a block, and I thought the guy was going to come in. So I take off around the right sideline. Uh, had some open room, died for the uh, first down marker, the chains, because they dropped him, thinking that I've got the first down, and, you know, I'm feeling good. And, <laughs> and when they stretch the chains out, I come up about a foot short. And I said, mm. you just got here, and Bud is going to run you up behind back to wherever you came from because you missed the first down. Well, the guys on the defense, led by Jim Marshall, Carl Allen, uh, they were so pumped that they hadn't seen anybody take a risk like that. And they said, hey, bro, don't worry about it. We got you. We stopped the Packers. We won the game 21-7. to uh, And the rest was history for the next 10 years here with the Vikings. You guys had beat the Packers before then, like five or six times before that. So that, that probably had to, to feel good to, to get another win like that. Uh, they didn't like us, and we didn't like them. Uh, so it was, it was very easy to fall lockstep into what this border battle really meant to the people here in Minnesota. What do you think it's going to take on Sunday to be able to walk out of Lambeau Field with the dub? So you got to bring your own juice to the party. It's going to take an all-out effort in all phases. Offense, obviously a shot in the arm, getting Dalvin Cook back. Their run defense is struggling. Uh, with Dalvin in the backfield, I think that could be an advantage, keeping uh, Aaron Rodgers off of the field. And it's going to take an all-out effort, offense, defense, and special teams. Jordan Berry right now, 66 punts, uh, 23 punts inside of the 23 touchbacks. Outside of that punt return last week against the L.A. Rams, how would you just describe this special teams unit so far this season? I think Jordan has come in and done a great job. Uh, when you could have three touchbacks uh, in a game, uh, I can remember – when they first started keeping that stat inside the 20. Uh, I think I had 21 for one of those seasons. To not have as many touchbacks with the number of punts that he has had, that's incredible. Mm. Uh, being able to pin your opponent down inside the 10, that gives your defense such a boost. Bud would always say that special teams is going to win three games for you a year or it's going to lose three games for you a year. And I say that uh, that may have been an Achilles heel last week because that took the win right out of the sale, yeah. uh, especially after we had stopped them, yes. What is the difficulty level of punting in an environment like Lambeau Field, five degrees at kickoff, at night on Sunday night football? It's mental at that point. What I did, if I could keep my head, my hands, and my feet dry and warm, I would be okay because I would stay active enough to keep the blood flowing, keep my muscles loose. So I would change shoes and socks after pregame warm-up. I would change them again at halftime and know that the ball is not going to travel that far. So you really focus on position, kick it to the right, kick it to the left. And I'll never forget. Those were the words of, of my special teams coach, Pop Kittles down at Florida A&M. He said, baby, don't kick it right to him. Make him work for it. So Jordan Berry has the ability to move the ball left and right. And if we can do that, use the sideline as another defender, I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah, so you don't expect a, another 72-yard punt this week, similar to what you had a few years um, ago? Depending on the win at Green Bay, the return guys are not going to want to take a chance. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so they may let it bounce. You could get the, you could get a favorable bounce and get a long one. I mean, uh, my longest punt of 73 uh, came in the latter part of the year, the end of the fall, the first part of winter. So 
you can't you can't put them in a heater and all that kind of stuff like the guys used to do back in the day. You know, you keep your technique, you focus, you keep that right shoulder forward, you make the best of it. Yeah, they didn't have those heated benches and feet warmers and helmet warmers and all that when you were when you were at Lambeau, did they? The, the opposing team did. Yeah, that's what? <laughs> Rude. But Bud, Bud wouldn't allow heaters on our sideline because he said, if you start to focus about staying warm more so than your focus on the game, then you're going to miss something. I said, Bud, that Eskimo story might sound good to somebody else, but bruh, I'm from Florida. I need heat. I need, I need gloves because he told us we don't wear gloves around here. Well, Fran Tarkin said he gave me my first pair of gloves. And he said, when Bud comes up to you and asks you where you got him, you tell him you got him from Francis. And he looked at me and said, well, keep him in your pocket. Don't let anybody see him. I mean, it was just amazing uh, of the little nuances uh, that we use as an advantage uh, when we play teams at home and, and, and outside in the elements. Uh, so uh, Sunday night is not going to be any different. You've got to have mind over matter and keep focus. Yeah, with the heats and the heaters and the gloves and all the things that the guys have today, uh, they don't have to worry about staying warm mm-hmm. because they've done a good job. And Dennis Ryan does a great job with his crew. The focus has to be on the Green Bay Packers. And I do believe that this team will understand that you've got to win and you've got to stay uh, – you know, you, you keep your chances alive. You keep you keep your hopes alive if you can beat these Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. All right, so when having you on, Greg, I appreciate you joining. All right, Gabe. Thanks to you guys, and Happy New Year, Tatum. Stay warm, okay? You too. I'm trying. <laughs> Travel safe. <laughs> Happy New right, Year. Thank you, guys. Happy New Year. Always great having Greg Coleman on. Um, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but um, after 22 years of serving as the Vikings Radio Network sideline reporter, this upcoming Sunday will be Greg Coleman's last regular season role game as a sideline reporter for the KFAN Vikings Radio Network. He is retiring after this season, and we just want to thank Greg for everything that he has contributed to this Vikings organization, both on and off the field. And a huge thank you for all that he has contributed to the Minnesota Vikings community. Maybe he'll bring some of that old school magic that the Vikings had back in the day, huh? I hope so. Hope Whatever juice we can get to play That's Aaron Rodgers, we, we will take it. A win is a win at this point. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. Happy New Year for the great Greg Coleman and Tatum Everett. My name is Gabe Henderson, and thank you again for tuning into another edition of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Pepsi, that's what I like.